Hi, I'm Jesse Spector. This is not a football podcast. There is only one football podcast, one college football podcast on the internet. This isn't it. But we are here. There's usually going to be four of us today. There's three because Keelan Blue's not here. But we do have Fred Huber and Grace McDermott, um, who I will say should introduce themselves. You know me from all the other podcasts here on the Willits Penn podcast cinematic universe network whatever it is and Britt was uh, last on um on well it's pod heavy um as it were so uh Britt how are you doing today I'm good I'm good I did not get up at six in the morning to watch the uh Formula One race so I'm doing better than I would have been otherwise did you get up at 6 a.m to watch the continuation of Daytona or whatever, because you're you're in California, so I am in California. That race this morning started at God knows what time. Um, I I know that I woke up and I was like, "Whoa, they started re racing already!" Yeah, the the plight of a California sports fan is very much that things happen at the weirdest possible times in the day, typically. Um, particularly when you get into like train delays or uh, things in Europe or the Middle East or further, further afield than like the East coast of North America. But you know, Vanderbilt Hawaii was right there for you last night. uh, Uh, We are are recording this on Sunday. If this is being released, which uh, as we speak, we don't know if it is. Uh, That is because, you know, it's, that's that's how week zero is. This is like episode zero. Keelan's not here. We're talking about Vanderbilt football. Um, we might do that just kind of in the course of the show because Vanderbilt will show up as, you know, opponent. Um, also, you know, Vanderbilt against the spread is interesting um, because they're often underdogs by 20 to 30 points. And our other co-host uh, now works in the gambling space um she operates a craps table at a casino in suburban detroit if my notes are correct and it turns mm-hmm. out i don't have notes she actually works for vox and DraftKings. Uh, she used to work with me over at another website and i'm so glad to be back talking college football with her grace mcdermott uh is our third co-host in order of introduction and Second in alphabetical order of first names of people here and in last names of people here and uh, first in our hearts and soon to be yours. So Grace, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm great. Thanks for that uh, introduction. Very, very uh, appropriate, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am super excited for Vanderbilt against the spread. I think that this is going to be an interesting season. I mean, I love, love Clark Lee's work at Notre Dame. And I think that, uh, I, I saw on Twitter, which, you know, is obviously my source for everything, that um, it was like the most points they've put up since the Harry Truman era or something like that. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I know it was Hawaii, but I'm still excited for this Vandy season. I think it's going to be interesting. It's fascinating <laughs> uh, to, to hear, you know, Vanderbilt being um, referred to as interesting. That's where we are. Uh, how are yeah, we going to do as someone who watches a lot of SEC football, um, for better or worse, it's it's a, a weird new world we find ourselves in where Vandy might actually be uh, something compelling 
and and not just the total marshmallow on the schedule at any given moment. Like the SEC is the SEC. And so for so long, Vandy has been the one where you look at the in-conference part of the schedule and you're like, oh, okay, well, at least we've got Vandy on this week. So like we kind of get some time off. Um, and I, it maybe maybe that won't be true. It's very weird. Um, and I understand that like obviously Hawaii is in a very weird situation right now. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of college football programs that um, go after for tea kettle so thoroughly that there are like state legislative hearings involved. Uh, so that's a, an extreme example of the clown shoes that is college football. Um, so uh, um, yeah, of course it's hard to know what, what it all means, but it, it is just interesting to not see Vandy walk into week zero or week one and just be, uh, what you expect them to be. Well, I think they've got Elon coming up this week. So Vandy might be starting two and O, which I want to say is the amount of games they won all last season. So pretty exciting stuff for the doors there. Vandy also uh, scored last year um, 189 points the entire season. They are now at, well, let's check the math. They've played one game and they've won that game by a score of, let's see again here. Uh, 63 to 10 was the score of that game. So they have uh, 63 points this season. That is uh, like a third of the way, literally, to what they did all of last year. That's ridiculous. Like that, yeah, Hawaii is in chaos, but like, hey, let's give Vanderbilt their flowers because it doesn't happen often and they they will eventually see. Because like, we also sometimes see, say, Maryland uh, owning the month of September and putting up 55 points a game against uh, anybody, and then uh, they become Maryland again. So I think the one refreshing thing, um, God, much as it much as it pains me to say positive things about Vandy on a regular basis, um, the the big difference is that they have Mike Wright. And having an actually compelling player, much less someone who can lead your offense and can be, um, you know, a difference maker, such as it were, that's not something that's happened at Vandy in a long time, even in seasons where they weren't as embarrassingly bad as they were last year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But they, you know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to offer smart um, words about Vanderbilt um, because I don't have them. I've never paid attention to Vanderbilt football, and I haven't, and I won't until uh, it is proven that I should otherwise. I don't think we learned anything from week zero, though. Like, going well, into, like, I, it's, did I'm we? like, I'm a little worried about this UNC team, to be honest. Okay, I feel like, but that was, is that new? Is that a new worry? Maybe not, but I mean, this Flor- the Florida A&M team had 25 ineligible players, and they still put up 24 points on UNC. I, I don't know, it's, 
they had a decent season last year, but I get, I mean, with Howell gone, it's a different, it's a whole different team. But uh, I was, I was a little surprised by that score, to be honest with you. I mean, Florida and M, the players like almost voted not to play the game at all, and they still hung up twenty four points on them. I know they didn't win, but still. Yeah. The, the yeah, one I game that, that I oh go ahead. Say I I saw that on the ticker and was like oh they actually played that game because the last thing I'd seen was the notification about all the people who weren't eligible because um, of transfer portal issues and academic eligibility and whatever else which is a whole separate question but yeah I I do think it raises some questions about UNC not that UNC is like a football powerhouse anyway I mean that's not really their bread and butter but that's also like not the most compelling conference in the world right now. Um, so, I mean, it is, you would kind of like to see them play better if for no other reason than it could make that competition as they go through conference play a lot more interesting. I, I just went to the, um, internet to just check the scores and see if there was anything else that we should discuss here, uh, from, from week zero before moving on from that. And I wasn't going to bring up UConn football. Um, but, but I have an ad here. Um, just I think it's because of where I'm based locally in the eastern part of the country. Advertising Yukon Getaways with Marriott Bonvoy. Um I'm curious, like how many travel packages they're they're selling for Yukon football. Like how's that gonna go? <laughs> Let's let's see where the Yukon Road Joe is going this year. Oh my god. Where you can go with, with your Marriott Bonvoy points. You missed Utah State. Um and you missed Yukon taking a, a lead in that game. They were up fourteen nothing at the end of the first quarter and then um reality set in with a twenty four point Utah State second quarter. Um well, next yeah. week against Central Connecticut State should be a real thriller. That's a home so, game. Yeah. Uh, home game, but is there really a home team when it's mm. UConn against the Blue Central Demons? Central Connecticut State, yeah. Especially because so Hartford, uh, I guess East Hartford is where the uh, the stadium is. Stores is really in the northern part of the state. Such a big state, too, Connecticut. Um, yeah, really. Central Connecticut State really defines a, a broad area. Mm-hmm. Um, much like the you know the Michigans, the Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, yeah. Western Michigan, yeah, Central Connecticut. State. There actually are a ton of those directional Connecticut's um, as you're driving around that miserable state. Um, but UConn Stadium is very much in Central Connecticut. Uh, so this Saturday, I think you know, watch out for the they they are the demons, right? Yeah. More of a basketball school, but, uh, you know, so is UConn. Uh, all right, then they play home again against Syracuse. That's a potential um, cover um, at Michigan. Potential. Okay, there you go. There's, there's your Marriott Bonvoy at Michigan. You go to Ann Arbor, you see 100,000 people, you see your UConn Huskies get absolutely throttled, and then the following week go to Raleigh to play NC State. Why? I'm not feeling some compelling uses of my uh, Marriott points or my vacation time. I'm going to be real. Having okay. having looked outside Raleigh, I can't imagine. Look, no, no offense to the. Uh, I, I just feel like greater Yukon. 
Like, they got Michigan and NC State on the road back-to-back? Well, and my, my question about money. the travel packages is, who who are who's the target audience for this? Like, who is enough of a UConn football fan? They're like, hey, honey, you know what we should do next weekend? Like, I just, I want to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Yeah, like, unless it... it well, there's FIU in October. You can go down there. Following week, uh, Ball State, Muncie, Indiana, always lovely foliage. Uh, Grace, you went to Notre Dame. Yeah, Sorry for yeah. outing you on that. Lovely uh, yeah. state in the fall, although I'm not sure I'd use my, again, Marriott points on a, on a Muncie visit. But, uh, you know, yeah, nothing I'm against like, Muncie. What do you think the room Great rate city. is at the, the Marriott Muncie? Yeah. And then home for BC and UMass and Liberty. Uh, so the entire country will be rooting for UConn on November 12th. And uh, then the entire country will be rooting against UConn the following week because they're playing at Army to, to close it out, which, again, is driving distance. And, um, I mean, I guess driving distance doesn't matter if you're staying in a hotel. But it's, it's driving distance to get back to Connecticut by nightfall. Um, on the 12 o'clock start on November 19th. So really, this is a Marriott package that is designed to bring you to Ann Arbor, big stadium, Michigan, uh, watch your team get freaking steamrolled, and then uh, go on down to Florida in October, see them play FIU, who I have no idea if they're any good this year. Let's see. Their last game was a 37-17 loss to Southern Miss on November 27th of last year. Ooh, they got just hammered in each of their last six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, eleven games. Holy crap, the last time they won was against LIU. Uh... 48 to 10 on September 2nd of last year. So they stink. That's possible UConn win. There you Husky's go. looking you travel travel risky this score. year. Yeah, I think this is a one game target travel package. Yeah. I think that's what we're discovering here. That it's like, hey, you want to go to Miami? Yeah. And uh, not see UConn lose. And really, Miami in the fall is gorgeous. Like, of course. The fall is one of my favorite times to go to Florida. No. So. There is the worry, though, you know, early October, uh, UConn football is there. That does seem to be inviting natural disaster. Mm, naturally. And that is, but yeah, you probably get that back. Like, they'll reschedule that, well, they mm-hmm. reschedule that mm-hmm. game. But you can reschedule your trip, and then you can go to Miami, and you'll have, you know, this package that you paid for, and you're getting your refunded, you know, bonus points on for rearranging your life with the hurricane. Um, you'd be stupid not to buy this Marriott package to go see UConn at Florida International. Um, I'm not going to, but I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm in. You're okay. a UConn fan. I feel like we should. Uh, if you're a UConn fan, yeah, we are which... not sponsored by Marriott hotels. Just this is not a selling point. I Marriott, like if you'd like to sponsor us, though. We're always open to the idea. We love talking um, about you. But I do feel like I, I have limited room to talk too much crap about people traveling to odd locations uh, for football games because... I, all for I, it. Well, all for it, but also as a Gators fan, 
we make an annual habit of going to Jacksonville, Florida on purpose. So, you know, there's a limited, I have limited room to talk here. Well, they trick you by calling that a cocktail party. Oh, but that is an accurate name. I mean, look, let's, let's be real. It is uh, an excuse to acquire a drunk and disorderly charge in a new location. Okay, but it's it's not so much about the football, though. It's about the drinking. So you're not really traveling to Jacksonville for football. You're traveling to Jacksonville to get wasted. And I think that that is the perfect reason to travel to Jacksonville, really. Yeah. It, it is probably the only reason to go to Jacksonville. So that is a good point. That is a good point. I will say the only big time, the only F, uh, FBS game that I have ever attended um was in a weird place and was um somewhat impacted by a hurricane but only for me um because it was Notre Dame at Oklahoma um in the year that Notre Dame was everything and 2012 yeah yeah um cuz I was the in NHL, seventh grade I was covering hockey um when they were having a lockout so I went to go cover some Oil- Edmonton Oilers prospects in Oklahoma City and the Notre Dame Oklahoma football game for Sporting News um and that was the weekend of Hurricane Sandy hitting New York so oh I Oh my god. I had to uh, skip the last hockey game that I was going to go see and uh, come on home before I wound up spending like a week in Oklahoma. I uh went to a Notre Dame game in a hurricane once NC State 2016 uh they canceled every other game on the southeast coast except for notre dame nc state and brian kelly decided that the passing game was gonna work mid-hurricane uh yeah that was that was probably not among his not brightest decisions of his decade-long tenure there but uh yeah that was a that was a fun one my dad and i were there for that air raid offense in a hurricane what could go wrong exactly I I do not have a favorite team in college football. I went to Penn. I would just as soon disavow that. Um, but yeah, can't change it. Um, fortunately, I don't have to worry about you know whether to support them in any kind of big time athletic endeavors. They will someday maybe make a basketball tournament again. Who cares? Um, but here we are, football. I I've never really had a team. I despise Ohio State. Uh, Florida State's not really worth the effort anymore, but when they were good, I didn't like them. Um, but you guys have have teams that you follow, and that you know you're. Uh, I mean, Grace, you follow the whole sport. We all follow the whole sport, but you know what I mean. You guys have um, your team allegiances. How how are you feeling entering twenty twenty two and all that that goes with? Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, yeah. Well, so I'm a, yeah, as we talked about before, Notre Dame fan, but also a huge fan of the whole sport. So cautiously optimistic about Notre Dame's chances with their brand new head coach, Marcus Freeman, little, uh, little anxious about Ohio State this week in Columbus. My parents will be going and I am too anxious to go. So I will be watching on a television, probably with a bucket in front of me in case I need to throw up. Um, but yeah, the rest of the football season, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be, I think we got a lot of good matchups going on. I mean, 
Cincinnati, Arkansas opening week. I think that's going to be a real underrated matchup. I'm I'm pumped for that. Now, let's see what, what we got this weekend. It'll be a good thing to you know prepare with. Um, week one college football. Brent, how about how about you? How are you feeling about Florida? Oh, how do I feel about Florida? That's like an existential question at this point. We will be um, discussing that over the next several weeks right, and right. months. This, and... this will be an ongoing debate. Um, I, I, I'll go with cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think that's an appropriate uh, description. Billy Napier, I think, is great. I think that was a great hiring. I think uh, he has said all the right things up till now, and, and the recruiting was better than I think you could have expected given the situation. So yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good, but I'm also uh, cautious because this is like the fourth head coach in a row that I've gone in thinking like, Oh yeah, this is great. Uh, And they have all ended in various forms of just absolute dumpster fires. So uh, we'll see, we'll see whether he can survive more than like three and a half seasons before everything goes absolutely tits up um but i do think think, broadly speaking i think the one really interesting sort of thing i will be monitoring um this season is that there are so many new head coaches there's been so much turnover that there's a lot of situations where you know you're looking at teams and you kind of don't know at this stage in the game i don't know what they're going to look like I mean, I think you're absolutely right that like that Cincinnati Arkansas matchup could be really interesting. Arkansas was interesting and end of last season, particularly Um, Cincinnati is Cincinnati. I mean, we know what they've done recently. So it's an interesting spot to be in, I think, for the sport in general. I think uh, for for Florida specifically, the challenge is always uh, existing in the SEC uh, that as long as uh, Saban continues to sacrifice whatever animals under the stadium he has to to maintain his death grip on the sport. Uh, I mean, you're always <laughs> you're always playing for second place a little bit, and then Georgia being good uh, pains me physically. So that's always an interesting uh, situation as well. So it's I feel a feel a little bit like the Orioles right now, where it's like. Things are trending the right direction. You're excited. You feel like you've got a shot, but like you're looking at the your direct competition and thinking, well, let's be realistic. So uh, it could go a lot of ways. I was going to say that um, between these two teams, they're, they're both playing around the same time. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, 730 on Saturday, Eastern, uh, Utah at Florida, 7 p.m. Eastern. I was going to ask which one of those I should watch with more of a a hope to cheer one of you guys' team onto onto something. Um, except I'm going to be at a baseball game in Baltimore is the plan. So um, I'll be checking the scores of the college football on my phone. Um, we're we're throwing this together as we go. We we have a little picks game that we're going to play. Um, once Keelan gets here, I put some money into a DraftKings account for us to, you know, gamble. Um, responsibly is not the right word because uh, there is, I mean. Gambling responsibly doesn't exist in college football. Yeah, it, it's it's more um, we're going to make dollar bets throughout the season and, and we're going to figure out a 
system of doing that. And, and not only to, um, cause what I want to do, like every, there's always like a picks contest, right? Like, you know, everybody, everybody and, and their closest relative has a picks contest, but I want us to work together. Um, so we, we will have an individual, um, individual picks, but then, um, we will use our combined powers to assemble the best vibes based parlays in college football. And maybe we'll cash like once this season, we'll feel awesome and be like, woo, all of, all of our favorites, all of, all of the teams we were hoping for, uh, got it together. Uh, the stars have all aligned, uh, for us to do that. Um, but yeah, Florida or Ohio state or, or Florida, Jesus. Florida, or I'm looking at the two home teams. Uh, Florida or, or Notre Dame for for this week. Um, who I I, I like, like Florida at home for this one. I don't know. I know you tied a good season last season. I know they're returning people, but I I like Florida at home for this one. Utah is uh, a deeply chaotic team, which uh, is either going to play totally into Florida's hands. Or it's going to be an absolute nightmare, and I feel like it's going to be one or the other. Like very, very unlikely that this is going to be a middle of the road matchup. Um, but optimistically, I want to believe that you know Florida is going to go and they're motivated. As much as that's a terrible cliche, but it, you've got a new coach. You're coming off a disappointing season uh, in which your like school legend head coach got run out of town. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of motivation to come out yes against a non-conference opponent but not against a absolute I've never heard of the school before kind of non-conference opponent that you very often uh historically have seen in week one so I I think I hope that the pieces are there yeah it should be interesting I I think that you know it's to me, I'm not a Florida fan um, by any means because I, you know, like I said, I don't have a team. Um, but it's more interesting when Florida's good and threatening. I feel like you know people joke about like, oh, Texas is back, but it's more interesting when Texas is good because they're freaking annoying. Like I'm tired of just like Alabama being the annoying boss and like Georgia being the annoying boss great value dollar general version like all props to kirby smart they won a championship last year um they had a great team that he put together and coached and overcame the fact that their quarterback uh was a cartoon character uh to be able to do that um and i feel bad now because i'm saying something and and grace and Britt just laughed but they muted themselves out of courtesy to to like not interrupt and stuff but um now i just feel like i'm i'm saying you know i'm telling you that they laughed but they still are muted um and still are continuing to laugh and we and, we did laugh though can confirm i will i will attach yeah to the I, laugh. I laughed i laughed um, i love stetson bennett but like they're, no nobody like, named what is georgia like if not alabama light yeah it is Alabama junior and yeah. if they run the sport for the next 20 years, it's going to be boring as hell. So I don't want to see that. Yeah. Now, like as, as 
I will I will grudgingly admit that I do I think the SEC in general and I think by extension that yeah like kind of college football at large is more fun when the conference is just a bunch of people trying to beat the ever loving hell out of each other in a an actually competitive way like those matchups are fun and they should be and you know like I I want that feeling of when LSU rolls into Gainesville that it's going to be a dog fight and maybe you're going to have one of those crazy last second goal line stands like they had a couple of years ago. And, you know, you're going to get those tense moments and those, because those are the things that, that I think ultimately make or break the sport because football in general, the nature of it being that there's one game a week and then you've got a couple of weeks off during that season. You, you've got one shot to get your uh, your like montage moments in. And when yeah. half of those games are blowouts because nobody's going to beat Alabama or nobody's going to beat Georgia, that's not fun. I want the conference schedule to be every game's a toss-up, every game's a dogfight. Either they're these crazy low-scoring, um, just quarterbacks getting ground to pulp or they're, you know, both quarterbacks throwing for 300 yards and doing just insane stuff. Like I want one or the other. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm real sad that um, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the big 12. Cause I feel like that was like, I love to turn on a big 12 game in the second half and just see what's going on. Cause it's always like that. It's always like, you know, 50 to 50, <laughs> you're just seeing what happens. But like, yeah, I mean, I think it'll still be fun, but uh, yeah, they're, they'll be losing some good uh, competitors for that style of play, I think. there. I think so long as Texas Tech is in that conference and like, you know, schools like that, that love to chuck it around, you're going to, you're going to still get those kind of games. In fact, like, you know, you're just not going to have Oklahoma either bossing it or doing what they did last year of like, coming down to the wire of every single game and winning them all until they lose one, um, which <laughs> losers. Um, I also don't really like Oklahoma, I guess. How about that? I don't like Oklahoma state more though. Cause of Mike Dundee. Um, but yeah, has Lincoln Riley leaving changed your mind at all? Or do you just not like Oklahoma? Yeah. It's more just like they're, they're too, like they're stodgy, boring, you know, they wear shirts that say Oklahoma on them while it also says OU on their helmet. Like we get mm-hmm. it. Pick, mm-hmm. pick one. Like I, I'm never a fan of like, it's okay in college football, but like Michigan state, like it says Michigan state, they got a picture of a Spartan on their helmet. Um, Texas, it says Texas, but you got the longhorn on the helmet. These morons have Oklahoma and OU like put a covered wagon on there or something. Do something cool. Like you stink. Um, but Mike Gundy being the antithesis of what I want to say, like if I, if I was going to have a team that I wanted to like root for, um, there's a lot of reasons that it wouldn't be Ole Miss, um, just from a standpoint of the school being what it is. Um, and you know, everything historically, um, really prevents you from choosing any SEC school. If you haven't, um, gone there yourself or have some kind of personal connection to it, um, but I want to pay attention to and watch and root for, um, the idea of Lane Kiffin chaos agent at all times. 
the Lane Kiffin Redemption Tour has just beaten everything else in the sport. I I am just in awe of how popular he is right now. It's Lane Kiffin the- getting left on the tarmac um, is one of my mom's favorite moments in college football. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's great. As my mom is hysterical, right? My mom went to went to Florida. My mom is why I'm a Florida fan. Both my parents went to UF. I was born in Gainesville. Um, and my mom was like mortally offended by what Kiffin did at Tennessee. Like, like, like she just felt like it was uh, he broke the rules. He was not a gentleman. He did not play nicely with others. And she she developed this very intense dislike for him. And so the tarmac incident was is one of her favorite things. And as a result, yeah, the Lane Kiffin Redemption Tour is so funny to me personally for that reason. I I want to say I don't like him. Like it's it, there is a redemption tour element, but it's not like I'm ever going to come around and be like, yeah, I like this dude. It's I enjoy this dude being on the stage. Like he's yeah, he's not quite a wrestling heel because he's not like like Saban is more heel. Um, although Saban is more like Skeletor um, <laughs> than, than any kind of wrestling character, but like. You know, chaos agent. He's he's stone cold showing up and just spraying everybody with a hose full of beer. Yeah, chaos agent yeah. is the absolute correct description. He based yeah, the, the redemption arc is really just that he went from chaotic evil to like somewhere between chaotic, chaotic neutral and chaotic yeah. good. <laughs> like exactly. the core of it is still the chaotic. Is the chaos it's just a mild shift along the other axis? For sure. It's also like, how can I use the transfer portal in NIL to um, benefit me Um, and also to complain about it in ways that will come around to benefit me? Um, And I appreciate it because he's not shy about it. He's like, yeah, this is what I want because this is what's going to help me to do my job and win games and make a shitload of money and then do the things with the shitload of money that I want to do with the shitload of money, which I also want to be as televised as the sec like give me the media rights for um national championship coach lane kiffin's like three subsequent months yeah i want a real housewives series but that i just want <laughs> i just want them to follow every sec head coach oh, around SEC for like a week i just like that would be I, incredible like if only because Billy Napier already has so many, like there are literally multiple shirts already with like quotes from him. The season hasn't even started and you've got people the, ro- wandering around Gainesville and um, scared money don't make money. <laughs> Which is it, one of my favorite things that's happened in a long time. And he is like one of the least chaotic options in that conference. Oh, Jimbo Fisher, his content. Now oh. that, I would love that. Don't, I've, don't I've, forget, I've, that's another reason so to be happy to joining the league oh i know we got monkey man i know oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about that well not monkey man monkey uh stripper girlfriend monkey yeah. Something, monkey something yeah monkey partner yeah. monkey <laughs> man partner uh yeah my favorite part about that whole story is that it is it's ridiculous and yet if you watch enough college football you kind of look at it and go yeah yeah no yeah, that makes sense that right yeah <laughs> 
that tracks. I liked when she uh, got on Twitter and blamed the child. That was like, take that down, take that down. Right, because blaming a like six year old or whatever it was is really absolutely gonna win win points for you. That's definitely gonna be a winning winning angle in the PR battle. Well, my hope for us is that we get stories like that every week this season because that is uh, gonna be our bread and butter. Um, I have had so much fun on this week zero episode that are we gonna put this up this one well i like it yeah let's do it all right you've you've been listening to uh not a football podcast because this is not a football podcast we just happen to talk some we talk more football i think than we're probably usually going to and i think that uh speaking of chaos agents uh brett i think you would agree keelan is is that somewhat Rick's Say friend. that again. But, but Keelan, um, having been on Will's pod with her, uh, maybe our chaos agent. Uh, so I we'll like see, to think so. See how that plays out. Look forward to having her here. Look forward to having Grace and Britt back with us uh, next time. Um, I don't have any kind of closing thing that I say ever. So, yeah, see you next time.